0: let's talk relationship hey everybody I want to welcome you to Mike check i am mike westendorf i am the host of this video podcast glad to have you here today we are going to be talking about relationships. But before I get into that, what is this all about? Well, Mike Check is a video blog, video podcast uh, that we're going to be using to kind of explore Christianity and culture. Uh, in particular, how do we apply what it is that the Bible says to the cultural things that we're talking about today, whether they be in relationships or Uh, They be in our professional lives, maybe in our Christian lives, maybe in our secular lives, whatever it may be, we're really interested in how the truth of God applies to the real world around us, and uh, mic check is a part of that. And so, yes, if you saw me last time, what is mic check? What is a mic check if you've never been around bands and musicians? Mic check is that time where before the show, all the vocalists go, mic check, check, one, two, three, check, 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 you know. It's testing. One, two, three. Well, um, we're going to be just talking, and this is going to be a place where there's some freedom to have a conversation. Uh, My prayer is that God might uh, open my eyes, open our eyes, and um, together we might be able to see how Christianity really does move in the real world, the world that you live in and that I live in. So that's the premise of this whole mic check idea today. We are going to be talking about the idea of relationships. And um, uh, I've told people, those of you guys who know me, I'm a meteorologist. Um, I have a brain that kind of works that way. You know, if this happens, then this. Uh, I like applying things uh, that help us be able to see that are are repeatable. Um, That's, After all, that's observation. That's kind of science, right? You observe things. You make a hypothesis about what it means for the future. Uh, and then you continue to ask that you get more information, more data. Well, I'm going to tell you right up front that the the information that informs a lot of what we think about is here in the Bible. And this is important because if you're a Christian, you're probably going to be leaning in a little bit more with me. But if you're not, uh, I'm hopeful that as we look around the world today and we think about all the different philosophies that exist, um, that if you haven't been around Christianity, that you might look at it more seriously. That this is not just a, a rule book, it's not devoid of all science, it's not here to make us dumb and just dependent on religion. No, this is actually the key that sets us free. Um, and Jesus said that, follow me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want life, if we want healing in our world, if we want healing in our relationships and in the broken places of life, um, Jesus is the only one who can fill us in on what this is all about. Now, this is important because I've been reading a book that is written by a friend of mine uh, called Your Life Has Meaning. If you haven't seen it, um, you can get this at nph.net or you can get this at Amazon as well. Now, I'm only about halfway through it, and uh, I, I've known Luke for some time. And uh, man, this guy—he's not only is he a pastor, but he's also got degrees in philosophy. He's taught it. I mean, so this is like deep thinker, deep thinker, but he loves to work with college students, and I do too, and I love the young adult time of life. Everything is kind of new, and we're trying to connect the dots, and so am I, you know, a lot of times, and so Luke leans in right off the bat, and he talks about this idea called meta-narrative, and he contrasts... um, the Lord of the Rings, and Game of Thrones. Now, again, you're going to have to get the book to be able to read it the way that Luke puts it together. But I, I just want to read a little bit uh, of this last part. And this is important because when we talk about relationships and what this program, Mike Check, is all about, we're coming from the over-the-sun, not-under-the-sun worldview. And again, you kind of have to read some more of this book. And you're going to see me referencing this because I'm loving it so far. Um, I'm going to read this. So you have to understand it. this is written from the wisdom of Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you know anything about the Bible, and even if you don't, you may know the meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And maybe you feel that way. And the author, Solomon, is writing about under the sun life. And that's what his conclusion winds up being. But when you look above the sun, when you look above to the narrative that God is weaving, the greater story that's in play here, you, the world that we see and the circumstances, as painful as they may be, start to take on a new life. And this is important because all of us want to talk about next steps. How do we deal with racial inequities? How do we deal with relationship breakdowns? How do we do, deal with family breakdowns, poverty, th- all these kinds of things? Under the sun logic and thinking is going to come up with a different philosophy for dealing with those. And over the sun, Christian biblical thinking, a greater story, is going to see these things and see a different way to address that. And that's part of the truth that I want to be a part of, uh, and that's what we want to talk about in this mic check. So let me read something just to, to drive this home, and then we're going to dive into relationships and some ideas there. Under the sun... Apart from God in a cosmic sense, life is most certainly meaningless. There's there's no morality. There's nothing like that, really. Without him, this world is a jumbled collection of words gathered together into random heaps of meaningless pages and chapters. And yet, even if you believe that there is no God, we all want to believe that there's something more to life. But on this focus on Under the Sun is really an invitation to view the world from God's side of it, from over and beyond the sun. You will find an epic story of love, warfare, salvation, and heroism. You will find a beginning, a tragic fall, a climax, and a good ending waiting for us. And you will find your own name on those pages playing out your part. And again, that's important because what we're going to talk about today, relationships, it has a practical meaning for everybody. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, what your background is, what you believe in. Uh, There's just a truth to this. Uh, But then there's an application that I want to be able to draw out. And so today, our Bible passage that I want you guys to be aware of is 1 John chapter 4. And I'm thinking that we're going to go 7 through 11 and I'm going to read that to you here. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, from above the sun. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. That's the identity that God ascribes to himself. He says, despite what you may think, I am love because I know the bigger story that I've invited you to be a part of. You do not. I don't. I forget it all the time. And if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, then you know nothing about this story. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, here it comes. We also ought to love who? one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And there's an idea here that the Christian faith, what God is ultimately after, is a completed and full relationship with us. So, put this aside for a second. I want to talk about relationship. And this is what I'm hoping will be uh, helpful for everybody on some level. Um, because a lot of times we go, things are breaking down. How do I make them better? How do I relate to people? So I like to, uh, to talk about relationship as the notion of shared experience. Relationship comes from shared experiences. Let that soak in for a second. You're going to think, yeah, no kidding. But when we actually apply it, it's going to be pretty awesome. Relationship equals shared experience. Every time you see relationship, you can replace that word with shared experiences. I have a great relationship with my wife. I have great shared experiences with my life. Is it deeper than that? Yeah, because there's also this idea of love lived and loved hoped for, but when it really comes down to it, it's how we share our experiences in life. Now, I like to say that there's two kinds of shared experiences, and I don't know, maybe you have a different idea on this, but The the two that I would say are direct and indirect shared experiences, all right? So uh, a direct shared experience. Um, You and a person who is a friend, let's say, um, you're going to go out, you're going to go fishing together because that's just like what you like to do. So you get in a boat, you get tackle, you get all this stuff together, you go out and you do something together. Uh, You catch a northern, it's uh, 32 inches long, it's the biggest fish you ever caught, (laughs) I never did. That's my brother and uh, my sister-in-law, but whatever. Um, and you have, this re- you have this shared experience, this direct shared experience. You remember it, it. It brings you together, right? Now, this can go the opposite way, too. You and a, another person, um, you have a disagreement, and you see something, and you respond negatively to that. And unfortunately, that direct shared experience leads to a fracture and a breaking of the relationship, and so as we look at this idea of direct shared, relation, shared experiences, um, this just makes sense, right? The more of these that you have with people, uh, the more relationship you will have. Now, the question then becomes, is it a positive relationship? Is it a good one or is it a bad one? If you feel uh, fracturing uh, in between you and somebody else, you've got to ask the question, what is the quality of the shared experiences that you have been having recently or in your past? What is the relationship like? Um, If you have a great relationship, again, you know, think, man, this, this is just going really, really well. This is awesome. Um, The question then becomes, well, what are those? Take note of that. It's important because if you're enjoying the relationship here, this is important for you to be able to continue on, right? So relationship. Direct uh, relationship comes from direct shared experiences, right? That just makes sense. The other one is indirect. And this is where I think a lot of us have some level of relationship, but it's kind of acquaintance deep or Skin deep, just very, very thin. These indirect shared experiences. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are Packer fans? Now, I know that this is going out online, so there may be a whole bit different, you know, a thing. But you know what? If you're a Packer fan like I am, uh, we automatically have a relationship. And depending on how long you've been a Packer fan, you might remember the Aaron Rodgers Miracle in Detroit uh, the Hail Mary, to win the game. You remember that one? Uh, I had given up on that game. Uh, quite frankly, I stopped watching at halftime because my uh, uh, my Christian witness to my children was flailing, um, uh, a little too much potty mouth as the Packers were just utterly blowing it in the first half, and so I gave up. I remember hearing uh, from the basement, my son's watching the game, he decided to stay up, and all of a sudden I hear, what just happened? What just happened? And he goes running up the stairs. Dad, you got to come down and see this. And so we see it and, you know, we celebrate and whatever. Now, I have that direct relationship, that shared experience with my son that that tightened that. But now, if you're remembering that, you and I have a connection. We have something of a relationship. We're kind of tied to that moment. It's pretty shallow, amen, but it is one of those things that does bind us. This can be the case from um, things like religion, the kind of job that you do. It can be negative things like uh, you're a cancer survivor, or you've lost a spouse, or you've lost a child. You may never have met that person, and you have something of a relationship. So relationship comes from shared experiences, direct and indirect shared experiences. And why talk about this? Well, we're living right now in a broken time. You know, every time is broken because we live in a sinful world. That is part of the the narrative, right? That is part of the story that we see playing out all the time. And the question is, what do we do about this story? In America in particular, and I live in the city of Milwaukee, I am desperate to see healing. I am desperate to see um, black people and white people talking together and being able to listen to each other, and to be able to share platforms, to be able to give one another an opportunity to express some of the pain that we feel, um, and to listen to the pain of others, Uh, to be able to express love to one another. And yet, one of the things I'm struggling with is how how do we have a relationship with people that we've never had relationship with before? And so as I've been talking about it, and thinking about it, and praying about it, and having conversations with other people the question starts to become what are the what are the common places of shared experiences that we can have together and a lot of this then unfortunately is going to be relatively shallow you think about how social media has driven relationships sometimes we don't get deep we just find people who agree with us on the surface or they have a post that we like And so, oh, all of a sudden I like that person because that person kind of agrees with me and where I'm at Um, is that the shared experiences that we have. And all of a sudden we have this division that's happening because so many things are indirect. And yet it just seems to me that this is probably going to be the space for many of us to be able to find common ground. It's experiences that we've had together And unfortunately, it seems as though many times, rather than the Hail Mary Green Bay Packers, you know, win, and having these joy-filled shared experiences be the thing that pushes us together, in our world, it seems to be pain that unites. And it's pain that divides. And so the question that I've been wrestling with is, well, what does it look like for me to only have vague, indirect experiences to have a conversation with my neighbors? What, what, do, what do I need to do? What is the posture that I need to come with with these shared experiences to build relationship? And that's where love comes in. And that's why I wanted to bring that out today. Because for, for us as Christians, and I'm, and I'm saying this as again as a, as a white man, 46 years old, living in Milwaukee, I very much want to be able to see the kind of healing that God will bring some of the philosophies and the ideas that were being put out there don't really have god's wisdom in account for that and so i'm very cautious about being able to uh, jumping into spaces where god has a pretty different viewpoint on how healing is going to come about and so i don't want to launch into things that are going to ultimately bring more pain but i also have to be able to be humble enough to listen and to learn and I'm, my prayer is that I'll be able to learn and, and find out more people who also want the same thing and are willing to have the dialogue, because love looks like something. And I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13. It's the love chapter. A lot of people got married to this one, Christians and non-Christians alike. But I, I just want you to think about what this sounds like in relationship. And while we can apply this to race, think about your marriage. Think about the relationship with your kids, with your coworkers, with your boss. What is the quality of the shared experiences that you have? If it's not good, what is there in your arsenal to to have shared direct shared experiences that can be better? What are the things that are common that we we all identify with? Why 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 is the weather The one thing that everybody can talk about, because everybody experiences it, and everybody experiences it differently, and we talk about it. Why is sports that way? Well, similar kind of a deal. We all generally, if we follow sports, it's a smaller segment of people, but we move that way. All of these different spaces are ways in for a conversation, but what does it look like? And so God says, all right, in your relationship, remember that, You need to love one another. And so what does that look like? Well, God says to us, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not angered. Uh, It keeps no record of wrongs. Or I should say, love is not easily angered. There is a righteousness in anger, an intense focus. It doesn't have to be a sin, but usually for all of us, it usually becomes that. Uh, love does not delight in evil. Uh, another way, if, if you're not a Christian, uh, a good way to think about it is selfishness, self-centeredness. I, you know, That's really at the heart of it all is evil is just making it all about me. I am my own God. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. And so in our conversations and in our, in our relationships, in other words, in our shared experiences how do we pepper those with patience? How do we pepper those shared experiences with kindness? How do we, how do we weave uh, into our shared experiences um, protection, trust, and hope? How, how do we do that? So this is really important, This is good context, but there's another place that I want to take us to, and this is in Romans chapter 12 that gives some application to it. And here, Paul gives us some more. Again, in our relationships, in our shared experiences, what are we wanting to bring out? Love must be sincere, and all that love stuff. Um, Patience must be sincere. Not envying must be sincere. Offering kindness must be sincere. Um, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. That comes back to the meta-narrative that God lays out what is good and what is evil, what is selfishness. Honor one another above yourselves. So when we develop relationship, when we have shared experiences, a big part of that is honoring the other person. It's honoring my wife. It's being humble enough, even if I've got the answer, to listen because more times than not, together we have a better we have a better answer and better solution. never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, so keep God front and center in all of it. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Do it when it's hard. Talk to your heavenly Father. Share with God's people who are in need. In other words, carve out a space in our budgets and in our time. And our finances to help people directly who are in need. This is a side thing, but if you do the Ebenezer Scrooge thing and, well, I pay taxes, let, let that take care of that. No. I heard a quote recently from another leader that, do to one person what you wish you could do for everybody. We can't, we're not a savior, but I can be someone helpful for one person. Who might that look like in your life today? Who can you bless and bless those who persecute you? By the way, practice hospitality. I love that. Uh, My son Adam is in hospitality, and he loves this passage. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. When we're pushed back because somebody else's view is under the sun, ultimately it's it's a life that isn't going to have fulfillment and meaning. The philosophers have already made that pretty clear. And again, you can read Luke's book to see where he's coming from. Then he says this, he leans in. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. There's a lot of hurting people. And God says, part of our shared experience is that we've known hard times of our own. And so the ministry of presence with somebody who's mourning. And in our world right now, there are a lot of people who hurt so bad. Can we mourn with those who mourn and not choose sides? If we see mourning, sin has come and destroyed relationship. It is It has tainted the shared experience that we were meant to have. So we sit in ashes with those who mourn too. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Hmm. He'll go on to say in verse 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So, Let's step back. What we're talking about a little bit here uh, in relationships is, I just want there to be a practical, helpful way to think about developing relationships with people in your life. Think about the shared experiences that you have directly with them. If you notice a broken relationship, two things have happened. Number one, sin has come into the world. Sin has come into that relationship. Sin brings death to relationship. And you'll see it in the shared experiences that you have. When a relationship is breaking or broken, sin is a part of that. And the only way back from it is repentance and forgiveness. That is the over-the-sun view of the narrative of God's kingdom come. <laughs> All right? So that's important idea in thought. If sin has come in and broken it, you're going to notice that there are shared experiences that are not very good. The best way to be able to come back into that to see mending happen is if you are the guilty party and you are part of breaking that relationship to repent to acknowledge it to apologize and to work better and work with the wisdom that god has given you that when you repent to that person you first of all you repent to your heavenly father and he says i forgive you you're still my child you always will be because i will continue to forgive you you keep coming back to me for grace It's that that gives us confidence to be able to go to somebody that we've hurt. What happens if somebody's hurt you? What happens if they hurt you and you didn't even know it? God says, forgive. The blood of Jesus covers your sin and makes you right and gives you mercy. And it's in view of that mercy that we then walk out into a world that sometimes will hate you and have done things and sin has broken the trust in your own heart. But God says, mend it with my grace. And forgive that person that's the start of mending brokenness the next part more practical uh, especially if there's people that you know and you have the chance to do life directly together is what is the quality of the shared experiences where have you seen good growth continue to work at those things continue to have experiences that you do together to be able to build those things up and last thought too is that many of the relationships that we want to be able to have in the world, or the the small little bits of good are going to be small because we don't have deep relationship with the rest of the world, but we can have small relationships and small shared experiences that that sprinkle God's love and the salt of the gospel out into the world. Whether it's a smile at somebody at you and a, a hello when they're walking past you and they don't want to look at you. You've all seen that one. Sometimes we do it too. I know that you're there. I'm not going to look at you. Why don't you just put your pride down and say, hey, good morning. Great to see you. You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe an opportunity to be able to share a little bit of life together and you may find that you've got some shared experiences that bring you into a relationship and let God then be the one who brings love into that space. So, our closing thought idea for this mic check. I'm going to go back to 1 John 4. This idea that God says, I'm love. And what he is after is he is after his love to be made complete in us. The Christian believes that that day won't happen until we are in heaven with him. And so getting through this world is all about grace, and it's all about His forgiveness, and we do our best, broken though we are, to be able to live love into the world for other people. So what do the shared experiences look like in your life? That's my prayer for you, that's my prayer for me, is that God might inspire us to think about how our experiences and how we share life with other people might be shaped by his love so that his love would then shape the world and the conversations that need to happen today to bring the kind of healing that could last. Amen? All right. Thanks for being with me here today. This is the end of Mike Check. This is our second episode already, so it's Mike Check number two. I know we just go, we just dive deep. Um, next time we're going to be talking about. Uh, well, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. I've got a number of ideas. I'm not sure what I'm going to bring in here, but uh, want you to join us next time. Keep in mind too that I've got some resources. If you're just looking for some more Christian encouragement. Please, you can go to MikeWestendorf.com if you're looking for some music and some additional blogs. If you're a young adult, uh, we've got some materials out there uh, at AwakeAlive.com to encourage you in your walk. And uh, for everybody, uh, there's great resources with a partner, timeofgrace.org, and uh, uh some good information and some good message and worship there as well. That's my time today. Thanks for joining in on Mike Check. I will see you.